0: PlushCare.com slash loss
2: Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Victoria, SC, UEFA Europa League. Match day three, Thursday, October the 24th. 2019 8 pm kickoff. The contents Head coach, captain, voice of Arsenal, player feature, academy, club culture, match report, Arsenal versus Bournemouth, visitors, my story, women, match report, Sheffield United versus Arsenal, teams.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Unai Emery, the boss on building some momentum in the Europa League. Good evening. We're back in Europa League action tonight, and I'm wanting to see another big performance like our 4-0 win over Standard Liège. We played a number of our young players that night, and they performed at a really, really high level. Of course, we want to give our young players chances. But above all, they have to earn that opportunity by showing that they can meet our high demands of performance. That's exactly what they did that night. It must be said, however, that we're all very disappointed with Monday's 1-0 loss to Sheffield United in the Premier League. There are two ways that we can look at this match. The first is the result, and the second is the way that we controlled the game throughout 90 minutes. I think the reality is that we created more chances than them and we didn't concede many chances either. But at the same time, they had a lot of corners offensively and of course that's how they scored their goal. We weren't efficient enough to win the match but I also think we had a very clear penalty on Socrates. That chance for Pepe was also key because they've conceded the fewest goals in the Premier League this season. Level with Liverpool. Because of that, you know that if they score the first goal, they're going to be happy to rely on their defensive strengths and hold their shape. They defended very well. Pepe is improving every week, and I think that little by little, he's finding his place in the team. The next step is to score. He would usually take a chance like that, but he just wasn't efficient enough on the night. I remember last year at Wolves when we played against a very similar 5-3-2 system. It was a different team, but like Sheffield United, they were very strong defensively. We spoke about that together as a team. Last year we lost 3-0 at Wolves, and we lost all our balance in the space of 30 minutes. On Monday the first penalty was clear, and then the chances were there for us. If we scored one goal, maybe the match is different but in the end, they scored because we conceded a lot of corners. But that game is over now, and while our response could have been better, we had a good attitude and a good mentality. Now we have to show everyone in the next match that we can improve. Throughout my career, it's normal to receive criticism in difficult moments. This can be criticism of my job, our team, or even the players. On one hand, we have the supporters and their opinion – but we need to understand and accept that. But my focus is entirely on improving the next match and seeing how we can improve in our way. We are at the beginning of the season and we've won two matches playing very well in this competition with very good results. The most important thing is the team and the club and also that our objective is clear. It's all about where we want to get to and where we want to arrive. We are at the beginning of our process, and I am very confident going forward. I have belief in every player, in our work and the club's strategy that we will do the job. As for tonight's opponents, we have a lot of respect for them. They are fourth in Portugal, and they are a very competitive team. They lost their first two games in the Europa League, but both of those games were close, so we are expecting a difficult battle. So far in the Europa League, I think we've played very compact with a lot of aggression and defensively and offensively, we've looked very good. We want to extend that tonight with a win over Vittoria because our aim is to finish top of our group. People ask me how we can play better and how we can improve. This is how we do it. We've got a great feeling whenever we play at Emirates Stadium and a win tonight will help us for Sunday's game against Crystal Palace too. I want to see a big performance. Enjoy
1: the game. This concludes Head Coach. The captain, Granite Xhaka. The skipper ruse a wasted opportunity on Monday. When you've had a big disappointment like we did in Sheffield on Monday night, it's always useful to have a game soon after, an opportunity to get it out of your system and move on in a positive way. That's a big motivation for us tonight. What happened on Monday was really frustrating, especially because it was a big chance for us to take three points and start the right way after the international break. If you want to finish in the top four, you need to win those type of games. As I said after the match, if you lose a game because of a set-piece, it's of course disappointing. I thought Sheffield United played well and made it tough for us to create chances. We have a lot of respect for them. We knew they'd conceded the joint fewest goals in the league. It was difficult because they are compact in defence, very good and very strong. We didn't make a lot of chances to win the game. When we did make opportunities to score, one of our better ones fell to Nico. I think in general he had a good game. He did a lot of things well. Of course, if you score, maybe the game changes, but we are happy with him. Everything is new for him. In the last two or three games, I think he's improved a lot of things. He's worked very hard in defence as well. He has the quality. Maybe at the moment he just needs a bit of luck. I was asked a few times after the game if we should have had a penalty in the first half. After the shirt pull on Papa, and when Bukeo went down in the box, I asked the referee if we should have had a penalty, but he said straight away that they weren't. That's the way it goes sometimes. You have to deal with that and get on with it. And that's what we are going to do. We obviously analysed Monday's game. We've looked at what we need to improve, but now it's really important not to dwell on it. We've got too many games in a short space of time to waste time worrying about what's gone wrong in the past. It's about learning from experiences and using them to make you stronger in the future. We believe in ourselves and the coaches and staff believe in us too. That's what's important. People on the outside will talk about us, but what matters is that internally we are together and united. And we are. We have the chance to show that tonight. There have been lots of positives to take from our start to the Europa League, especially the way our young players have taken their chance to impress. We've scored seven goals already, and we've kept two clean sheets too, which has of course been good for confidence. We are in the position now where we have almost everyone in the squad back fit again too, which means the level of competition for a place in the team increases. That could be really important for us because every single player knows that if they don't perform to their best level, there are others in the squad training well and able to come into the team. That is a healthy position to be in. Thanks for your support.
2: Voice of Arsenal ABBA nominated for Balloon Dior Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's fine goal-scoring form has been globally recognized, having been named on the 30-man shortlist for the 2019 Ballon d'Or. Our striker was among the first 10 players confirmed as contenders for the world-renowned award. After winning the Premier League Golden Boot in his full season at the club, he's also scored a total of 24 goals in 2019 so far. The winner of the prize will be announced at a ceremony in Paris, on Monday, December the 2nd, the full shortlist is Lionel Messi Cristiano Ronaldo Virgil van Dijk Sago Main Sergio Aguero Frankie Dijon Hugo Lloris Dusan Tadic, Trent Alexander-Arnold Donny van de Beek Marc-André Tosiegen Allison Mathis-Lelit Karim Benzema, Giorgione Windulubum Bernardo Silva, Son, Robert Lewinsky, Robert Fermio, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, Rayak Maries, Mo Salah, and Raheem Sterling. In our programme for the first ever home game, Against Portuguese opposition Sporting Lisbon on November 26, 1969, there is a report on the intrepid 90 supporters who had travelled from Portugal with the away leg of a tyre for the month previously. The trip had been arranged by the official supporters club and a new sports travel company, S Sports. The away leg ended naught naught, but the Gunners progressed with a 3-0 home win, Graham two, Radford on their way to winning the Fairs Cup. On Sunday, ahead of a 4.30pm kickoff against Crystal Palace, we will once again be supporting Islington Food Bank with a food collection on the podium at Emirates Stadium. If you are attending the game, you can drop off items at the designated points at the Arsenal Museum or the Thierry Henry statue ahead of the game. On this day in 1936, Arsenal's glorious East Stand opens for the visit of Grimsby Town. They drew 0 0. It cost £130,000. 2004, Arsenal's 49 game unbeaten run in the Premier League ends at Old Trafford. Congratulations to Matteo, who has been named as the final shortlist for the 2009 Golden Boot Award. Matteo is one of the 20 players on the final shortlist and one of the only four Premier League players to make the cut. The 20-year-old enjoyed a stellar debut 2018-19 season, making 33 Premier League appearances and helping us to reach the final of the Europa League. He's shown no sign of slowing down this term either, having received a call-up to the French national team and been named our player of the month for September. Manchester City Phil Foden, Chelsea's Mason Mount, and Everton's Moise Keane have all been nominated, as has former gunner Doniel Mellon. Matisse Legit won the award in 2018, following the footsteps of past winners Lionel Messi and Colin Mbappe. The final shortlist is Matteo Mount Keane Foden, Zulio Donrama, Davis. Havez, Lovćen, Sácho, Vinícius Jr., Feren Torres, Lee Kang-in, João Félix, Ansu Fati, Rodrigo Don Melián, and Erling Halland. It's been quite a few weeks for Mateo. He's also been nominated for the 2019 Copper Trophy. The award given to the best player in the world under the age of 21 as a 10-man shortlist. Mateo was recently named Arsenal.com Player of the Month, as well as his Golden Boy nomination already mentioned. For the Copper Trophy, our midfielder must compete against the likes of Felix of Aletheco Madrid, Sancho from Dortmund and Legit from Juventus. New dates for your calendar – Eight of our Premier League fixtures have been rescheduled due to TV selection. We can now confirm that the following games will be played as below: Arsenal vs Brighton, Thursday the 5th of December, originally Tuesday December the 3rd, kickoff 8:15 PM, broadcast on Amazon Prime Video. West Ham United vs Arsenal, Monday December the 9th, originally Saturday December the 7th, kickoff 8 PM, broadcast Sky Sports. Arsenal vs Manchester City Sunday december fifteenth, originally Saturday december fourteenth, kick off four thirty PM Broadcast Sky Sports Everton vs Arsenal Saturday december twenty first, kick off twelve thirty PM, originally three PM Broadcast BT Sport Arsenal vs Chelsea Sunday december twenty ninth originally Saturday december twenty eighth kick off two PM Broadcast on Sky Sports. Arsenal vs Manchester United. Wednesday, January the 1st. Kick-off 8pm. Originally, 3pm. Broadcast, BT Sport. Crystal Palace vs Arsenal. Saturday, January 11th. Kick-off 12.30pm. Originally, 3pm. Broadcast on BT Sport. Chelsea vs Arsenal. Tuesday, January 21st. Originally, Wednesday, January 22nd, kick-off, 8.15pm, broadcast, BT Sport. Our referee this evening is Serda Gossiebeck from Haarlem in the the Netherlands. The 33-year-old is vastly experienced in European competitions, having officiated 15 games in the Europa League and nine qualifiers. He also took charge of his first Champions League fixture this season when Manchester City defeated Dynamo Zagreb 2-0 at the Etihad Stadium. The Citizens remain the only top-flight English side that he's officiated since becoming FIFA listed in 2012. The Dutchman has officiated over 384 fixtures in all competitions, brandishing 1216 yellow cards and a total of 80 red cards, 28 double bookings. Congratulations to Viviane Mandima, who has been shortlisted on the 2009 Women's Balloon Deal. Our striker is one of the 20 players who have been nominated for this prestigious award following her superb 2018-19 title-winning season. Amidima scored 31 goals across all competitions at club level before helping the Netherlands to reach the final of the 2019 Women's World Cup. Look out for more on Viv's nomination in the Crystal Palace programme. A nod to the past with eyes on the future. Highbury at the Emirates celebrates everything iconic about Highbury Stadium this reimagined space on club level takes modern inspiration from hybrid's enduring art deco character, lighter and brighter, and design creates an immersive experience showcasing iconic street market food options with elevated views onto the pitch. Original details from the 1930s architecture are throughout the replica oversized marble hall gates from Avenal Road hung from the ceiling. 93 feature lights represent our 93 years at Highbury. 13 of them shine brighter and larger to represent the 13 league titles won there. The Tesaro flooring represents that used in the East Stand with the cannon emblazed on the floor. Loved by so many, it was important to capture the spirit of Highbury and bring a modern day interpretation into the Emirates Stadium. For guests to enjoy today... An instant fan favourite, this space is comfortable and easy for any supporter to love. What our platinum membership on Club Level is all about. Call 0345 620 0001 or email clublevel at arsenal.co.uk or visit hospitality at arsenal.com Player Feature,
3: Smith Row. After making his first team debut in the Europa League against Volska Poltava, followed within a couple of weeks by his first senior goal for the club against Karabag, the Europa League has been a standout competition for Emil Smith Rowe. But after starting the game against Eintracht Frankfurt this season, he was forced to miss the standard Liège match after suffering concussion against Nottingham Forest. Having made the required, carefully monitored recovery from the blow, the 19-year-old is understandably chomping at the bit to get back into Europa action tonight for the first ever visit of Vitoria Guimaraes. How are you feeling at the moment, Emil? I'm feeling much better. I've just come back from the concussion I got against Forest. I'm back training with the team and feeling really good. We have to be very careful with concussion and I have been integrated slowly back into training, taking time to get up to a full session. But now I'm back with the team and doing everything, so I'm feeling much better. You had a frustrating time with injuries last season and to some extent this campaign too. I had a few growing pains in my groin, which was obviously difficult. It was all linked to the issues I had last season. And it was just about letting it all recover But I feel much better I don't feel the groin at all So it's all good Your last game in this competition Was the 3-0 win in Frankfurt What are your memories of it? First of all The atmosphere was crazy It must have been the craziest I have ever played in But it was good to be back on the pitch For my first appearance with the team This season and it felt great The young players all did really well Bukeo obviously did very well, and the team performance was very good. It was a very open game, but a really good result for us. The Europa League has been good to you personally. Definitely. Obviously last season leading up to Christmas I felt good. My body felt good, and I was getting opportunities which I was really grateful for. The Europa League offers a good chance for young players like me, and a chance to show the manager what we are capable of. How important is the Europa League for the younger players? It's a tournament where young players can establish themselves and get minutes under their belts. The Premier League is a top league and you can only have 11 players in the team, so the Europa League offers a good opportunity for others to make an impact. This competition has been enjoyable and it allows you to express yourself. I feel the games are much more open than Premier League games, so it's a great opportunity for the young players to express themselves. I think that's good for the club. You mentioned Bukeo. He's shown that good performances in the Europa League can propel you into the Premier League side. We're all very happy for him. He's so young, just 18, like I was last season, so I know what it is like and everyone is trying to help integrate him into the group. It's great that he's playing in the Premier League. I'm really happy for him. Did you speak to Bukeo much when he was breaking through? Last season I wasn't that close to him because we weren't in the same changing room and I didn't get to play with him that much for the under-23s. But since he's been part of it this season, we've got really close and I've spoken to him before games to make sure he's confident. But he looks like he doesn't need any help. He's so good on the pitch, everyone can see that. How is that big step, walking into the first team dressing room for the first time? It is a big step, but a good step, for us young players. It is important to do it. You have to do it at one point in your career, and when you go into the first team changing room, it is great for us. It boosts your confidence. Do you sense the fans love to see young players coming through? Yeah. The fans are really on our side, all the players, but I think the fans especially love young players getting opportunities in all competitions. We're all grateful for the fans' support and it's really good to hear. Scoring against Karabakh in this competition, your first goal for the first team, must still be a special memory for you. At the time it was a bit crazy. I remember after that game I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night because I was so happy. But you've got to stay humble. You've got to keep your feet on the ground and obviously my family have helped me with that as well, which has also been good. I think the main thing is just being humble. Scoring one goal doesn't mean you're fully in the team yet. You've got to stay focused. Keep training every day. Work hard to make sure you're starting in every game. How often did you rewatch that goal? A lot. So much. It was literally replaying on my phone all day and all night. I was buzzing. How do you deal with extra interest on social media after a moment like that? That's football. You can't always have a good game. For me, I usually just turn my notifications off and especially before a game, I don't really go on my phone. I don't use Instagram and stuff. I just try and stay focused for the game and even after the game I try not to read the comments. I usually just listen to my family, see what they thought about my performance and that's the important thing to do. What do you think your best position is? I like playing in midfield at number 8 and number 10 which are probably my favourite positions. Obviously because there is so much competition in midfield and attacking-wise, it's so hard to play in your natural position. I'm happy to play on the wing. I've got experience there in the academy and I will always take the direction of the manager and play where I'm needed. But I like playing in midfield. Victoria have only played one league game this month. What do you expect from them tonight? We know they're going to come straight at us. Coming to the Emirates, we know they're going to want to win and give everything. For us, the game is about us and we need to stay focused. But I think, after a few weeks off, you can have that eagerness to get back out there and go straight at them. I can't wait for the game. We play Crystal Palace at the weekend. You grew up near Selhurst Park. Were you ever a fan? No, I was never a fan of Palace. I lived in the area and used to drive past their stadium all the time to come to training. But no, I was never a Palace fan. We heard your dad went to school with Ian Wright. Yeah, my dad talks about this quite a lot actually. He was buzzing when he saw Ian Wright tweet about it. They haven't seen each other in a long time now, but it would be good for them to catch up. Most of the stuff my dad tells me I don't really believe, but when Ian Wright tweeted that, I thought, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll give him that one. My dad used to play semi-pro as a centre-back. He's helped me a lot over the years. This concludes Player Feature.
4: Arsenal Academy Young Gun Levi Lang Around the Academy Eddie's at it again for England Remember Connor Henderson. Match reports. Under-18s. Win at Reading. Young Gun. Levi Lang. Words Josh James. I have always been in love with football. My dad told me when I first saw football on TV when I was two, I was pointing at it and saying I wanted to play. So he got me involved in a training club when I was three or four. Then I joined my local Hampton and Richmond until I was signed by Brentford. I joined the Arsenal Academy at Hale End as an under-14, when the Brentford setup shut down. I was always an Arsenal fan, so it was a proud moment. My dad's a Tottenham fan, and my mum is Arsenal. So when I was a baby, they flipped a coin to see who I would support, and my mum won. In my first season here, we won the Cup. It was an exhilarating year for me, making the step up to Arsenal... Training here with these coaches and facilities, as it was my best season so far. This is my first year as a full-time scholar, and it's all new for me because I'm living with the host family in Diggs, so I don't get to see my parents and my little sister back in Richmond as much as before. But I'm really enjoying being a full-time footballer. I'm trying to learn and get better every day, and really get the most out of it. My host family are amazing. I live with them, and Zek Medley in Diggs, in Cockfosters. The family are great. They are really nice to me, cooking for me, always asking me how things are going, how my football is, how I'm feeling. I couldn't ask for a better host family. Zek has lived there for a while now, and before me there was Ryan Hadart, the goalkeeper. I love living with Zek. Obviously he's a bit older than me, and he's a role model for me. He plays the same position as me, and has been pushing for the first team, so I'm just trying to be like him and learn from him. He's a very dedicated person, very dedicated to his profession, so I'm trying to be like him off the pitch. He was away in pre-season with the first team in America. I spoke to him a lot about his experiences there. He was telling me about playing in front of 50,000 people, and it just makes me so determined to get the opportunity as well and work hard for it. I'm centre-half, and I would say that I'm per- primarily a ball-player defender. But I love this defence elements as well. Tackling, heading, and so on. I used to play as a holding midfielder, and that has helped me become the player I am today, looking to anticipate where the ball is going. I model my game on Raphael Varane, People like that, the modern-style defenders. Away from the pitch, there is a big emphasis on developing the players as people as well especially at Hallend. My time there really helped me to mature. You were given personal responsibility to go to the gym, to become a better player, but also you learn values at Halend that you take to you to London Colony. I always wanted to be the same person. I try to be the bubbly and always have a smile on my face. There's a lot more than being a footballer than just playing on the pitch, and we learned that early. It's important to make sacrifices in your personal life and we see the senior pros working so hard every day to stay at the top level. You find out quite quickly that nothing comes easy, and you have to work at anything if you want to be a success. It's a lot more than just kicking a football. On the physical and psychological sides, you have to learn how to cope with disappointment. For example, not getting picked, and that's a big part of development too. It's why I always try to be a positive presence around the dressing room. I can't lie, I make the others laugh, at times just because some of the things that come out with. I can say pretty stupid things, if I'm honest. We've got a few jokers in the team, so we have good atmosphere in the squad, and hopefully that can help us in being successful this year. The Lowdown My earliest memory of football Playing on the park when I was three. First footballer I looked up to Patrick Vieira Team supported as a child. Arsenal, of course. Who got me into playing? My dad. Best goal I've seen. Messi against Bayern Munich. Best goal I've ever scored. A scorpion kick for my local team when I was 10. Best player you've ever faced. Bukayo Saka. Who do you combine best with on the pitch? Daniel Oigoke. And Hubert Grakschick. Best moment of the career so far. Playing for my country. Another sport I'm good at. Swimming. About you. Favourite footballer. Ronaldinho If if I could be any footballer. Thierry Henry. Favourite musician right now. Lil Baby. If I wasn't a footballer, I would be. A lawyer. My favourite pre-match song is God's Plan My best football attribute is 1v1 defending First team player I look up to the most Ainsley Maitland-Niles Favourite TV series When they see us Best thing about being at Arsenal How everyone is heard and we are all pulling together Ideal cheat meal Chicken and chips Around the Academy most skills in their locker. Kiddo Tyler Hart. Best passing range. Magul Aziz. Most two footed. Kiddo. Most committed. Mazid Ugumbo. Funniest. Nathan Butler. Who's the best singer? Me.
2: Club culture. News from Arsenal's official supporters club. 1949 to 2019, 70 years AFSC London, celebrating their 70th anniversary. Just before the Second World War, attempts were made to start an Arsenal supporters club, but the club's directors refused permission. Richard Jones persisted, however, and in 1949 the Arsenal Football Supporters Club was finally launched. Dick, as he was known, steadfastly stuck to the supporters club motto – to help not hinder, and the directors concerned were swiftly allayed. An inaugural meeting was held at Islington Town Hall on August 16th 1949. Initially, the committee used various pubs and hotels across North London for meetings and social events. These premises went on to be known as clubrooms. And many were used until the club got its own clubhouse, on September the 1st, 1949, a four-page club newsletter was circulated. Two monthly follow-up issues were produced, and issue number four took the format of the magazine titled Gunflash. A Gunflash is still available today, either by subscription or street sellers from the supporters' club on match days, making it the world's longest-running fanzine. The Supporters Club can be found on the junction of St Thomas Road and Gillespie Road. The club itself, financing, raising its money through raffles and a variety of other fundraising activities. The clubhouse is open to every every match day and there's always a warm welcome for members and their guests. Visitors can also be signed in for the day. Refreshments are available and there is a club shop and matchday programmes can be purchased. The club also provides a match ticket service for its members and runs a coach to almost every away game. The walls are covered with Arsenal pictures and fans from all over the world come in and donate flags and Arsenal scarves from their country, which are then proudly draped from the ceiling. The Supporters Club is now celebrating its 70th anniversary and if you've never been to the London branch of the Supporters Club, drop in and see them. It's never too late to become a member. (laughs) Match
3: report, Bournemouth. Premier League, match day 8, 2pm, Sunday, October the 6th. Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 1, Bournemouth 0. Arsenal scorer, David Louise, 9th minute. Arsenal team, 1, Leno, 21, Chambers, 23, David Louise, 5, Socrates, 31, Kalasinak, 34. Zaka. 29. Guendouzi. 19. Pepe. Substitute. 63rd minute. 8. Cabalos. Substitute. 75th minute. 14. Aubameyang. 77. Saka Substitute. 83rd minute. Substitutes. Martínez. Martinelli. Yellow card. 63rd minute. Torriera. 83rd minute. Willock. 75th minute, Maitland-Niles, Tierney, Holding, Bournemouth team, 12, Ramsdale, 3, S Cook, 5, Ake, 17, Stacey, Yellow Card, 8, Lerma, 7, King, 21, Rico, 29, Billing, Yellow Card, 9, Solanke, Substitute, 63rd minute, 13, C. Wilson 22. H. Wilson Substitutes Boruck Francis Surman Grunewald L. Cook Fraser 63. Kelly First half David Louise netted his first goal for the club in the opening 10 minutes and it proved to be good enough to earn us all three points and moves us up into the top three of the Premier League. The Brazilian defender rose highest to meet Nicolas Pepe's corner and guide his header into the net to open the scoring. Pepe then came close with a curling effort of his own as we continued to dictate the play at home, but without seriously testing Aaron Ramsdale in the Bournemouth goal. Second half. The visitors were much more of a threat in the second half, and Callum Chambers in particular was in tremendous form in defence. Bournemouth came close when Callum Wilson snaked his way to the byline and rolled a dangerous low ball across our six-yard box, but Chambers intervened brilliantly to clear Joshua King's cross away from danger. We nearly doubled the lead late on, but Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang could only hit the post from close range. Match Stats Total Shots Arsenal 12, Bournemouth 10 Shots on Target Arsenal 2, Bournemouth 2 Corners Arsenal 14, Bournemouth 5 Offsides Arsenal 0, Bournemouth 0 Fouls Arsenal 12, Bournemouth 6 Possession Arsenal 53%, Bournemouth
1: 47% This concludes Match Report, Bournemouth The Visitors Victoria SC By Mike Hammond Competing in the UEFA Europa League group stage for the third time after previous participations in 2013-14 and 2017-18, Vitoria Guimarães are bidding to break new ground by making it through to the knockout phase of the competition. However, the Portuguese side, who came through six summer qualifiers without conceding a goal, have their work cut out following defeats in their opening two Group F fixtures. 5th in last season's Portuguese Primera Liga, the team from northern Portugal, reputedly the most popular in the country after Austrias Grandes, the big three, of Benfica, FC Porto and Sporting Lisbon, are competing in Europe for the fifth time this decade and the 22nd time in all. Only once have they managed to extend their involvement beyond Christmas back in 1986-87 when they reached the quarter-finals of the UEFA Cup. Despite a 97-year history with the nickname of Os Conquistadores, Vitoria Sport Club, their official club title, did not collect their first major honour of any description until six years ago, when they lifted the Taça de Portugal Portuguese Cup for the first time, beating Benfica 2-1 in the final, thanks to a late winner from current Leicester City right-back, Ricardo Pereira, his sixth goal of the season. Benfica got their revenge when they defeated vitoria 2-1 in the 2017 final, but they managed a fourth-placed league finish that season, their best since 2007-8 when they finished third to earn a first-ever shot at the Champions League. Unfortunately, they lost their qualifier to Basel 2-1 on aggregate, and then switched over to the first round of the UEFA Cup, where they were beaten 4-2 on aggregate by Portsmouth. A 2-0 defeat at Flatton Park was Victoria's third loss in as many visits to England. They lost 5-1 at Southampton in the first Cup second round in 1969-70, 8-4 on aggregate, and went down 5-0 at Aston Villa in the first round of the 1983-84 to UEFA Cup, a result that remains the club's heaviest away defeat in Europe. Tonight's game at Arsenal will be Victoria's ninth European encounter this season, making it the longest continental campaign in their history. They entered in the second qualifying round where they beat Jeunesse of luxembourg 1-0 away, 4-0 at home, before subsequently seeing off Latvian side Venspils, 3-0 away, 6-0 home, then narrowly overcoming Romania's FCSB, formerly Stoja. at home after a 0-0 draw in Bucharest. Their opening two group games have brought a 2-0 defeat at Standard Liège and a 1-0 loss at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Vittorio Fact File Formed 1922 Nickname Os Conquistadores Stadium Estadio di Alfonso Enriquez Chairman Miguel Pinto Lisboa Twitter Followers 37.6k Instagram followers 71.3k European History Vitoria reached the quarter-finals of the 1986-87 UEFA Cup, their furthest progression in a European competition. After seeing off Sparta Prague, Atletico Madrid and Groningen, the Portuguese club were eventually knocked out by Borussia Mönchengladbach in the last eight. Trophies over Mourinho lifted the 2012 to 13 Taça de Portugal, which is their only major honour. They found themselves one nil down to Benfica in the final, but two goals in three second half minutes turned the game on its head as Vitória snatched the trophy. Firing blanks, no Portuguese side has yet scored at Emirates Stadium from five previous attempts. Porto have played three games here. Losing with a cumulative eleven-nil scoreline, SC Braga went down six-nil at the Emirates in 2010, and last season Sporting Lisbon drew nil-nil in the Europa League. Derby day, Vitória play in one of Portugal's most intense derbies, the derby of Minho Province against SC Braga. The fierce nature of the derby has heightened in recent years, with both clubs battling for European qualification. Record result? In the 2013-14 to Europa League, Vittoria recorded their highest European victory to date. Against Rijeka, goals from Abadoule Bar, Niplange, Musa, Mazou and André André handed them a 4-0 home victory. First meeting? This Europa League clash is our first ever competitive meeting with Vittoria Guimaraes. The last time we met a Portuguese side in European competition was in last season's Europa League group stage where we beat and drew with Sporting Lisbon. Top goal scorers: Davidson, 2 Edmond Tapsoba, 2 Guedes, 1 Andre Pereira, 1 Bruno Duarte, 1 My Story the work of the Arsenal
3: Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation, registered charity number 1145668. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Academy, a London-based arts charity that teaches South Asian dance. Local pupil Siena decided to give it a go and ended up performing on stage. I'd always been interested in dance. I wouldn't say I knew much about Indian dance, but I thought I'd give it a go. My name is Sienna, and I'm an 11-year-old, year 6 student at Carlton Primary School in Kentish Town. I put myself forward to join a South Indian dance club run by Academy after school when I saw it was being offered as a club, and some of my friends were interested too. It seemed like an exciting opportunity for all of us. After a couple of sessions getting to learn the names of the moves, I felt I really had the hang of it. Our instructor taught us about the song that we were dancing to, which was a popular Indian pop hit with a fun, upbeat tempo. All of this hard work was going to lead up to us representing Carlton at the Camden Dance Festival. When we were told we had an opportunity to dance at the place in Euston we were excited but we also realised it would mean some hard work so we began rehearsing. Our teacher was really patient with us and we learned how to change formation in what felt like no time at all. Beyond the dance itself we had the chance to try on traditional Indian costumes called Salwa Kameez which is basically a top with baggy trousers. They were brightly coloured and embroidered with sequins and they made me like a true professional like you see on TV. On the night of the performance we waited backstage nervously until it was our turn to go on stage. We watched other schools perform and the routines were really varied including hip-hop and contemporary dance but then the moment came for us to take our positions. As our music started we just went for it remembering to smile all the way through, and at the end we received a big round of applause. That made me feel really proud of myself, and we were all buzzing when we came off the stage. I'd tried other dance sessions, but this was an amazing chance to perform something different, and then to get to do it in front of an audience made the whole experience even more incredible it's great that Arsenal supports projects like this, because it gives children the opportunity to take part in projects that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. They have helped me and many others learn something new. For more info, visit academy.co.uk This concludes my story
1: Arsenal Women The latest news and results from the Women's Super League Champions Five star gunners have one foot in the quarter finals. UEFA Women's Champions League, last 16, first leg, Wednesday, October the 16th. Eden Arena, Prague. Slavia, Prague, 2. Arsenal, 5. The scorers for Prague were Svitkova, 71st minute, Person, 88th minute. Arsenal's scorers were Medima in the 24th, 26th, 39th and 52nd minutes, and a little in the 58th. Vivian Maedema delivered an attacking masterclass in the Champions League, scoring four goals in our 5-2 first-leg victory over Slavia Prague. The Netherlands international has now scored eight goals across all competitions this season, taking her tally up to 48 since joining the club in May 2017. "'We suffered our first defeat of the season the previous Sunday, "'and that seemed to be all the motivation we needed in Prague "'as we delivered a faultless attacking performance. "'With just 24 minutes on the clock, Bethmead received the ball and played a first-time pass "'into the feet of Maidema, who raced through on goal "'and fired coolly past Olivier Lukasova. "'Less than two minutes later, she doubled her tally. "'When Lukasova raced off her line and missed the ball,' gifting My Dima the opportunity to fire home. Our dominance continued, and My Dima sealed her hat-trick before the break. Leah Williamson played a sublime through-ball into the path of Daniel van der Donk, who evaded the keeper with a roulette and teed up My Dima for a simple finish inside the area. We stayed on top in the second half, with Meade tormenting the home side down the right flank. The England international raced behind her marker and fizzed a ball across for Baidima to score her fourth of the evening. Captain Kim Little then made it five from the spot after winning the penalty herself before Katarina Svitkova and Mia Pearson scored late on to reduce the deficit for the return leg. Playing for Arsenal were Perud Magnin, Evans Williamson, Substituted by Quinn in the sixty seventh minute, Peter McCabe, substituted by Mitchell in the sixty seventh minute. Walty Nobbs, Little Van Der Donk, Meade, Maidema substituted by Ruod in the seventy sixth minute. Subs not used Zinberger, Veggie, Phyllis. Unbeaten start comes to an end. Barclays FA Women's Super League Sunday, october thirteenth, Kingsmeadow, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 1. Scorers for Chelsea were England in the 57th minute and Thoris Dottier in the 85th. For Arsenal, van der Donk in the 9th minute. Our winning start to the season came to an end with a 2-1 defeat at Chelsea. Joe Montemurro recalled Manuela Zinsberger in goal with Lisa Evans and Leah Williamson dropping back into defence alongside Jennifer Beattie and Katie McCabe. Leah Walty anchored the midfield behind Kim Little and Jill Ruard, while Danielle van der Donk and Beth Mead flanked Vivian Maidema up front. Chelsea settled quickly, with Fran Kirby forcing Zindberger off her line early on, but we took the lead on nine minutes when Maedema played a neat pass through the defence for Vanderdonk Donk to find the far corner past anne Catherine Berger. Chelsea started the second half brightly, despite Ruhr forcing a save from Mead's forward charge, and the Blues' pressure finally paid off when Kirby drove into the box and squared the ball to Bethany England, who took a touch before firing into the net. The Gunners came close to retaking the lead when Mead curled an effort just wide but with five minutes remaining Chelsea scored the winner when the ball broke to sub Maria Thorisdotir on the edge of the box and she slammed past Zinsberger. Playing for Arsenal were Zinsberger, Evans, Williamson, Beattie, McCabe, Walty, substituted by Nobbs and the 64th minute Rod, Little, van der Donk, Mead, Mydema. Subs not used were Perod Manyin Quinn Mitchell Grant Phyllis There are three photographs with this report. The captions read Top to Bottom Vivian Midima smashed home four. Kim Little and DVD celebrate the fifth and Leah Williamson
2: Match Report Sheffield United Premier League Match Day nine. 8 pm kickoff, Monday, October 22nd, Bramwell Lane. Sheffield United 1, Arsenal 0. Team Sheffield United. Number 1, Henderson. Number 2, Baldock. Number 3, Stevens. Number 5, O'Connell. Number 6, Basham. Number 12, Egan. Number 4, Fleck. Number 7, Lundstrom 16 Norwood number 17 McGoldrick number 22 Mosset substitutes Moore Freeman Bezic McBarlan Robinson and Sharp Arsenal number 1 Leno 21 Chambers 5 Socrates 23 Luis 31 Kloshaunak. 28 Willock, 34, Zania, 19, Pepe, 14, Mbanyang, 77, Saka. Substitutes, Martinez, Holding, Serbalos, Torina, Lacazette, Martinelli. The first half we fell to our second defeat of the season with a lacklustre display at Bramwell Lane. The Blanes have a joint best defensive record in the Premier League, with leaders Liverpool, and you can see why, but it could have been different had Pepe converted our best chance of the first half. He won the ball in the right-back position, sprung a rapid counter-attack, and Said Kishanak squared the ball up for Averian, but he failed to make a proper contact when in front of goal. We were punished from the corner ten minutes later, when Jack O'Connell headed down for Lars Mazette to tap home from two yards. Bekasakia then burst into the box after swapping passes with Joe Wilcox. He went down after the challenge from Joe Egan, but Mike Dean booked Saka for diving. Second half, despite a save by Dean Henderson from Pepe free kick and a couple of half chances, including a header over the bar from Kosciunak, the Gunners really troubled the blades after the break in what was a bitterly disappointing night in Yorkshire.
3: Teams. Arsenal. Head coach Unai Emery Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and white socks 1. Leno, goalkeeper 2. Hector Bellerin 3. Kieran Tierney 5. Socrates Dathopoulos. 8. Danny Celbalos 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Mesut Ozil 11. Lucas Torriera Fourteen, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Fifteen, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Sixteen, Rob Holding. Nineteen, Nicholas Pepe. Twenty, Shokran Mustafi. Twenty-one, Callum Chambers. Twenty-three, David Louise. Twenty-four, Reese Nelson. Twenty-six, Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. Twenty-seven, Constantinos Mavropanos 28 Joe Willock 29 Matteo Guendozzi 31 Sead Kolašinac 32 Emil Smith Rao 33 Matt Macy goalkeeper 34 Granit Xhaka 35 Gabriel Martinelli 77 Buckeo Saka Vitoria SC, head coach, Evo Vieira. Black shirts, shorts and socks. One, Douglas, goalkeeper. Two, Pedro Enrique. Three, Frederico Venancio. Four, Valieri Bodarenko. Five, Rafa Suarez. Six, Edmund Tapsoba. Seven, Lucas Evangelista. Eight, Ola John. Nine, Alexandre Guedes. 10. Giao 11. Andre Andre. 13. Leo Bonatini. 15. Victor Garcia. 16. Rocina. 17. Falea Sacco. 19. Jonathan, goalkeeper. 21. Andre Piera. 22. Belati Ture. 23. Marcus Edwards, twenty-four; Mikel Agú, twenty-five; Al Hassan Wakazu, twenty-eight; Dennis Will Poha, twenty-nine; Florent Hanin, thirty-six; Miguel Oliviera, goalkeeper, forty-three; Joseph Amoa, fifty-six; Miguel Silva, goalkeeper, sixty-seven; Ali El Masrati. 70. Ander Almeida 88. Pepe Rodriguez 91. Davidson, 96. Bruno Duarte Match officials, all from Holland Referee, Serdar Gozubuyuk Assistant referees, Charles Sharp Jan de Vries, 4th official, Järden Manchot Tonight's other Europa League 8pm kickoffs Eintracht Frankfurt vs. Standard Liege, Getafe vs. Basel, Malmo vs. Lugano, PSV Eindhoven vs. ASK Linz, Rennes vs. CFR Cluj, Sevilla vs. F91 Dudelanger, Sporting Lisbon vs. Rosenburg Trabzonspor vs. FK Krasnodar. Helping young people fulfill their potential through education and sport. The Arsenal Foundation. This concludes the teams.
1: An immeasurable lineup on BT Sport. Premier League. UEFA Champions League UEFA Europa League The Emirates FA Cup Ladbrokes Premiership UEFA Super Cup Bad Fred Cup Gallagher Premiership Rugby Heineken Champions Cup European Rugby Challenge Cup Bundesliga Vanarama National League MotoGP WTA Fight Night Live UFC KFC BBL FIH Hockey World League Barclays FA Women's Super League BT Sport Speedway WRC World Rally Championship Major League Baseball Search BT.com slash sport BT Sport Hello Arsenal, we're here with fresh
3: beer. Camden Hell's Lager and Camden Pale Ale are now available from every craft bar at Emirates Stadium. Cheers. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Facebook and Twitter, Camden Brewery. Website, camdentownbrewery.com
0: EA Sports, FIFA 20. Pre-order now. Available 27th of the 9th. Nineteen.